Welcome to the Aeon Pensions Podcast. In this episode, we're joined by Mike Edwards and Tiziana Perella from the Risk Settlement Group. We're discussing bulk annuities. We'll look at when is the best time to approach the market, what data cleanse is required before going to market, what other preparatory work is required, and what trends Mike and Tiziana see taking shape over the next few years. Are there options for smaller schemes? And is medical underwriting still relevant? To accompany this podcast, we also have a report which is available from the Aon.com website. So go download your copy today. And now, it's time for the interview. Welcome back to the Aon Pensions Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mike Edwards and Tiziana Perella, and we're going to be discussing bulk annuities. Welcome both. Morning. Um, Mike, uh, we spoke to you last time, but could you refresh everybody's memory about your uh, your role here at Aon? Yep, hi there, so I'm Mike Edwards, I'm a partner in the Resettlement Group. I recently joined the team from Scottish Widows, where I was leading the new business team for the last couple of years. And Tiziana, nice to meet you, and could you just um, give our audience a bit of an overview about your role here? Um, I am a principal consultant in the risk settlement group uh, and I have been working exclusively on book annuities since 2008. Wow. And the first question I've got for you is, given how busy it is in the market, is it a good time for pension schemes to approach um, the market for book annuities? Yes, there's probably a couple of things to say say in response to that. I guess one, just, just to clarify how busy the market is right now. Um, Certainly we're seeing uh, much more increased levels of activity than last year. Uh, Listeners might have heard that Aon predicted around 30 billion of bulk annuity volumes this year and that's something we we still believe we're on track to. So you might question, you know, is is the market oversubscribed at the moment, which I think is what you're driving at there. Um, Certainly we would say that if a scheme has done um, a robust feasibility analysis, understands that bulk annuities fits into their strategy, has done all the necessary preparation work, um, and is, is ready to, to, to commit to a transaction, we would definitely say that they should continue to proceed to approach the market, certainly. Um, insurers are being more selective this year in terms of which cases they look at and which cases they target, but we are generating competitive tension on, on all of the cases that we're taking to market at the moment. And that said, if you were to approach the market, uh, data is big news at the moment. So what kind of data cleanse is required uh, for pension funds? And the amount of data and the quality that you require before going to market um, is different from what is needed um, for an ongoing scheme. So you will be expected in the current climate to have collected data that relates to um, spouses' pensions and also members' marital status and spouses' date of birth. That can actually make a difference, uh, both in terms of pricing, but also the appetite um, that insurers will have um, in quoting for your scheme. So we'd absolutely recommend that that kind of data is obtained in advance of going to market. Um, not as worried about GMP reconciliation uh, work being completed. Um, that is relatively uncommon, but certainly contingent spouse suspensions and marital information, um, you need to have that before you go to market. And it is, is GDPR um, you know, putting a bit of a, a spanner in the works with, with, with all the data? Um, relatively. I think that um, everything is in hand and also in terms of the contracts for the various insurers. Um, so I don't think that that is an issue. So it should be part of their existing yeah. 
Yes. And what other preparation uh, is required before making an approach to the market? Yes, there's a, a whole bunch of things really that, that schemes need to work through. Um, Tiziana mentioned data, obviously, closely linked to that is, is the scheme benefits. Um, so we always recommend schemes prepare a detailed benefit specification and that's reviewed by uh, the administrators to confirm it's in line with practice and also the schemes lawyers to check that it, it ties in with the rules. Um, in terms of practicalities around any transaction, um, trustees and pension schemes need to think through who are the, who are the other stakeholders involved, um, particularly on the company side, you know, what's the decision making framework and the governance for a transaction. Um, Another practical matter is uh, what assets will be used to, to pay the premium for any transaction and, and what adjustments will we need to be made to the residual investment strategy. And then there's obviously a, a transaction design piece of that preparation work, so really understanding what liabilities does the pension scheme want to ensure, um, what risks do they want to remove, and at what price. And that final point is, is, is super important, we would say. You know, so schemes really should look to have a, a good understanding at what level of pricing would they be prepared to transact at uh, before they actually approach the market. So part, part of that preparation, so you're saying it's um, a good idea for them to actually get closer to perhaps the reward and benefits team, the HR team in some cases? Uh, so that might be the case, yeah, absolutely. And particularly for full scheme buyouts, uh, we'd expect those company stakeholders to be involved. Um, for pensioner buy-ins, for example, um, you know, we typically expect to see the FD or the group or the, the corporate treasury involved in, in any discussions around that. And it's generally becoming a, a joined-up approach to market. Certainly we're seeing um, in the last 12 months our practical experience is that lots of these transactions are now governed by a joint working group of trustee and company representatives. Um, we find that's quite an effective, effective method. Yeah. And, and what trends do you think will take shape over the next few years? Um, I think that with schemes getting uh, better funded, but also with the regulator pushing for schemes to have long-term plans, which um, are actually not um, just aspirational, but are proper realisable plans, we will see bulk annuities um, becoming more and more integrated within um, schemes um, investment strategies. And there will be more and more um, schemes that follow a tranched approach to transactions. So effectively going to market um, as soon as they can afford to do a meaningful um, transaction, uh, potentially for a proportion of the pensioners, and then approaching the market again um, after a number of years, as soon as they have the um, capacity for a further transaction. Um, and I think that that is a very attractive proposition for insurers um, as well. Um, and I think that most uh, schemes will, um, unless they are very, very small and they go straight to buyout, they will probably follow that model. So you, you mentioned smaller schemes there. I mean, what are the options for, for, for those that are a smaller pension fund? Um, there are fewer insurers uh, that are willing uh, to quote for very, very small schemes. And by very small, I mean um, sub 50 or possibly even sub 30 million but there is still a fair bit of activity potentially those schemes um, need to be slightly better prepared um, what we were saying earlier about data there is uh, less forgiveness from insurers um, and they also have to have a clear plan uh, towards transacting and, and, and the, uh, good governance in place uh, but once they have that, uh, I think that they can still get uh, competitive transactions and we have completed transactions very recently in the sub-10 million um, space for very good pricing. So yeah. they have to show themselves as a much tighter ship. 
Yeah, I think, I think that's probably fair to say. I think we also see um, for some smaller transactions different processes being used. So in some of the smaller transactions we've we've worked on, we've actually gone directly to one insurer that we think would like and would be able to price um, the liability profile of a particular scheme uh, competitively with a um, with a with a, a very competitive target price, um, and we're then working exclusively with that insurer to try and hit what is a I guess what we would call a an aspirational target, and we've been successful in actually achieving those those pricing levels on on some of our smaller cases. So I'm sure there's quite a few FDs of smaller pension funds that um, you know have been music to their ears. Is there, is there any advice that you can give them? You know, now as they start to look at their options, I think they need to be aware of the um, costs because um, of running a pension scheme because they tend to be disproportionate. So if you take into account the cost of keeping the scheme running versus the um, potentially the opportunity to buy out and then wind up, um, it, the um, opportunity becomes more attractive. Mm. And I think just to add to that, I think we talk about smaller schemes, but all the risks are the same. Yeah. So it might be smaller orders of magnitude in terms of pound amounts, but the longevity risk is still inherent in the scheme and all of the financial risks that uh, larger schemes are looking to tackle. And as Tesiana was saying earlier, all of the different options in terms of buy-ins, buy-outs, they're all relevant for pensions, smaller schemes, and there's, there's definitely a market out, out there for those as well. And smaller schemes uh, tend to have a larger amount of concentration risk as well. Uh, what about medical underwriting? Is it still relevant? Um, well, it's a way of dealing with concentration risk. Um, it's not as it used to be a, a number of years ago um, in that there's not many insurers that are willing to offer the option to, to medically underwrite, but certainly it's something that can be done post-transaction. Um, and if um, either you've got a smaller population um, or potentially um, it's a population that is known to the trustees, so say a top slice, where some members are known to be impaired, um, it's certainly an alternative that might be attractive to them. So what's you, I'm going to put this to both of you now, so what is your best tip for completing a transaction? Um, for me, it would be being very clear um, around the parameters for completing the transaction, especially the financial parameters. Um, and sometimes you have pension schemes that get where the trustees get the price and the sponsor gets involved and they are thinking, oh, can we get the price reduction or can we get better terms if we wait? Um, I would say it's um, not really helpful. Uh, if you have an idea in mind of what you'd like to pay and if you can hit that financial trigger, uh, pursue a transaction as quickly as possible. Mike? Yeah, from my perspective, I think I would circle back to some of the things we were talking about earlier, really, and my top tip would be not to underestimate the importance of the preparation stage. Um, as the market evolves, we're seeing increased levels of demand, insurers becoming more selective, and really it, it's becoming more and more around schemes getting themselves to the top of the pile um, and having a convincing backstory to the insurers that they really are ready to transact. Um, so that preparation piece is, is really key for me. Brilliant. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you.